Hear the stories of men and women switching hustles and escaping the odds through entrepreneurship after prison. Not only will these stories inspire you, but also unlock business tips for financial freedom. Thank you all for tuning in to another dope episode of Escaping the Odds podcast, where we interview the formerly incarcerated who are now successful entrepreneurs today. Got a good brother on here with me today, my mentor, um, doing tremendous things uh, within the justice-involved community. Uh, Mr. Todd DuBose has a magazine called uh, Returning Citizens Magazine, um, pretty much interviewing pretty, people that pretty much come from prison are also doing things to help the um, men and women who are incarcerated. So today we're going to get his story and the reason why he started this magazine to help the justice-involved um, individuals. So I want to welcome Mr. Todd DuBose, my mentor and a great friend of mine. Hey, how's it going, Aaron? Everything is going well, man. Thanks for coming on. Um, as I stated, man, you know you've been a you've been a mentor to me over the past few months. Countless conversations, just about business, spiritual things, um, and everything. And so, uh, really, really great man of God, and a lot of things that you're doing are helping the people who's who's formerly incarcerated, just to kind of have that hope. Um, I understand that a lot of your or all of your magazines can be read on tablets inside of the federal prison. I mean, not federal prison, inside of state prisons and jails throughout the country. But before but before we get into that, I kind of want to go into a, a little bit into your backstory um, and a little and, and why you started the Returning Citizen magazine. Sure, Aaron, no problem. Well, growing up, I had relatives uh, that went through the system in and out, in and out. Uh, I've got one uncle right now who spent well over 20 years uh, probably do three uh, trips to our prison. He now has stage four uh, cancer in his brain, uh, but he has really good spirits. And he told me, he said, Todd, I got 20 more years. Uh, I love to talk to him. Uh, I only have two uncles left on my uh, mom's side of the family. So uh, those two uncles are near and dear to my heart. But after, you know, just seeing that over and over again, uh, and then, you know, fast forward many years later, uh, I'm a member of uh, Antioch Baptist Church in uh, Fairfax Station, uh, Virginia. And like, uh, like other churches, uh, our church uh, has a prison ministry. And way before the uh, pandemic, it, obviously, you could go into the prisons and, and uh, have one-on-one sessions with, uh, with uh, inmates. Uh, of course, they would do, you know, uh, church, singing, uh, spoken word. So when I would go, I just speak speak to uh, individuals one one on one. Speak to, spoke to this one guy, uh, and he never met him because when they come out, they'll just send someone out because they expressed interest in speaking to someone. So I had never met him. Uh, he's brought out. We sit in one of the uh, small areas and we start our conversation. And I ask him what he did, and he said he. Uh, uh, carjacked someone, took the car, and uh, of course he got caught. The rest is history. Uh, he he just really needed some encouragement. He accepted responsibility for what he did, and he was just very grateful that someone actually took the time out on a Sunday evening uh, to come and talk with him. I'm not sure what the outcome was as far as uh, you know what his sentence was in in uh, you know at the end, but 
I did that for a while and Aaron, I got lazy, started just thinking about myself and I stopped doing the prison ministry just all together. But the Holy Spirit kept nagging me. It was like a fly in the room, just kept nagging me and yeah. you know, going all around. I'm swatting it back and forth, can't get it. And finally, one day I just gave in and I said, OK, God, what, what is it that you want me to do? And uh, we started a, we started a newspaper. It was a reentry focused newspaper. So it looked just like a regular newspaper with your your big color box headline and then all the stories to the right of that and going straight down the page. And it was uh, the newspaper was based uh, it was all things reentry. So reentry fairs, jobs, we highlighted employers. Uh, it, it just really went over very well. Uh, we were very well received by the uh, corrections community right out the box. But we got a lot of requests because it was very hard, obviously, to, to print, you know, from a, a newspaper site. And that's when we came up with the idea to uh, start a magazine. Okay. Never had any background with uh, standing up a magazine. And again, I, I got lazy. And, you know, I said to the Lord, you know what? I don't know how to do this. How do I do this? Each time I did that, he showed me how to do it. And he just refused for me to be lazy. And Aaron, I was still kicking and screaming. But after a while, I said, OK, uh, he's, he's shown me enough. It's like Moses when he told me to take that stick. And when, when it was time, throw it on the ground and return it to a snake. So anything that I had to do to get the magazine off the ground, he wrote all those obstacles out of the way. So when it came to uh, raising money, he, he gave us money. When it came to actually learning how to use magazine software, he taught me how to do that. Everything that we needed to do to get to where we are today, he's made all of those things possible. And I can truly say at this point in my life, there is nothing that I haven't asked for in regards to the magazine to to help us get where we are, where he hasn't given it. Yeah. Well, that's an awesome testimony, man. And it reminds me of when I was starting this very podcast, I had um, I was doing a lot of procrastinating because I didn't know where to start, you know, but I, I knew that it was a low barrier to enter the market. Mm -hmm. But I still, you know, I was fresh out of prison. Technology was um, intimidating to me. Um, and so I was like, no, I'm just kind of, again, procrastinating. And one thing led to another. And doors were opening up to the point where I couldn't say no, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. So it was like he was placing all these things in front of me for me to do it. And as you stated, like, the spirit was just nagging at me. And eventually it's like, you know what? I, I can't I can't run from it. Like all everything is, is laying before me. Like I, how could I say no? And mm -hmm. so here we are today, um, uh, into our second season. Um over forty, like forty-four episodes total uh recorded. Um yeah, so man, that was awesome, great testimony, man. And so it's those kind of stories that really inspire the man once they're reading the magazine to to want to do something different. You know, I wish I had something like that to supplement all the other things that I was doing while I was incarcerated, mm -hmm. something like Return to Citizens Magazine. Uh, what are, are you hearing any uh, testimonies from the men and women who actually uh, read and, and view your magazine from 
that's incarcerated? And, sure. and, what, and what is that like? Yeah, we, we get letters. Uh, I never know what I'm going to get. Uh, a lot of the letters, Aaron, are individuals uh, just explaining their case from the very beginning to the end and asking if there's anything I can do or if I can send their, their information on to someone else or something like that. I get a lot of those. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get uh, letters of thanks because in a lot of facilities they have, uh, I guess, uh, veteran only blocks where, uh, you know, former uh, military men and women okay. have a block set aside for them. So they'll express their thanks because we always try to remember to put some type of uh, veteran focused yeah. uh, content in the uh, in the magazine that, you know, that will prove help be helpful and kind of also keep them up to date to what's yeah. going on outside, you know, those facilities. So yes, we, we do get those letters. It's always nice to get them. Not always in a position to be able to help them, but I try to respond where I can to some of the letters, yeah. and, you know, just to let them know that, you know, you're not just sending a letter in a void. There is someone on the other end and we try to respond, you know, whenever we can. Yeah. Uh, for, for my audience that may not understand like how the whole, um, magazine works as it relates to like how the inmates are actually uh, obtaining the magazine because it's all digital so if you can kind of break that down for the people that, that may not be aware of, of how that works maybe they have a loved one that's incarcerated and want to tell them how they can actually um look at your or read your magazine so how does that work for them Sure. I mean, it really depends on who the tablet provider is. Uh, each okay. tablet provider has their own way of doing business. Uh, I'll use Adobo as an example. That's one of my partners. Um, we're able to, the way we started out with Adobo is uh, we, we developed some courses. It was two or three courses. And uh, we asked if they would put them on the uh, tablet. They reviewed them, got back with us and said, you know, you got some good stuff here. And they they put that information uh, on the tablets. Okay. And the nice thing about it was I knew this gentleman. I'm not sure if he's still with the Vera Institute, but uh, when we connected on LinkedIn, he said he remembers seeing someone actually take one of our courses while he was there visiting the facility. And he said, oh, wow. he said that was you. I said, well, yeah, that was that was us. Yeah. So uh, you know what we do is. The, the magazine, as you mentioned, it, it's a it's a digital product, but depending on how each uh, tablet manufacturer wants to receive the content, we'll, we'll work with their engineer. Uh, they'll review it to make sure that, you know, everything is on point and, you know, there's no, nothing that, you know, uh, that needs to be removed. And for the record, we've never had anything. Uh, we've never been asked to have anything removed. So so praise yes. God for that. And what they'll do is when they upload it to the platform, usually what happens, they'll make an, an announcement across the uh, tablets where they'll just indicate there's new content. I'm not okay. sure to say specifically uh, if our magazine is that new content, but they'll put some type of announcement on there so that uh, the uh, inmates know that, hey, there's new com uh, content and they'll go to wherever they would go on their tablets to see what all that information is. And that's how people stay engaged uh, with our magazine each and every day. So, uh, you know, in the letters we get, you know, people start their day uh, yeah. reading the magazine, just like you and I would sit down and have a cup of coffee, reading right. the newspaper. 
So yeah. we know we have a following that really pays attention uh, to what we're doing out here, Aaron, and we have to be uh, very responsible mm-hmm. with that level of access because it's rare for an organization like ours or any organization that's going yeah. we're doing to to have that level of access. So uh, you know we're very aware of that. Uh, we're very appreciative of that. But uh, yeah, I mean the the the, the, uh, the magazine is just is pumped in yeah. every day. And in some cases, depending on how many times the uh, tablets rotate, uh, those tablets can rotate at least two to three times a day. So if you do the math across all the different facilities and the number of uh, inmates, you know, over a uh, over a month's time, if you're just talking one uh, tablet provider, that's well over a million reads, Uh. you know. We can we could do the math and come up with some some really crazy phenomenal numbers, but yeah. I try not to get focused on that. I just try to stay focused and make sure that you know when we're being told to uh, include this information, we'll include it. Sometimes I'll frustrate my staff because I'll I'll change something. And I'll say yeah. no, no, I'm, I'm being told that we need to include X, gotcha. and when we do it, they usually they'll find out. They'll go okay. Okay, I see what you're saying now. So they don't get as frustrated with me as they used to, but they still do from time to time. But they always know that if I'm asking them to change a story or add another story, it's coming from the heart and yeah. it's something that I'm supposed to do. Now, earlier you mentioned engagement. How do you keep that consistency with the readership? You know, constantly pushing out great content. Um, is there like, data or how, like how, how, how do you recognize and say okay this is what they want right because that is a closed environment uh where it's, it's not it's easy to reach out to them and maybe do like market research so what are some of the things if you're able to talk about that um that you can kind of make sure that you're providing great content and value valuable content to the, right. to the i guess the best way to respond to that aaron is from a very high level uh we are able to uh, create surveys. And since we are able to create surveys, we'll do that with each uh, issue. So that we'll know with a certain issue, these uh, replies or the messages and information that we get back applies to that particular uh, magazine. So we'll go in and uh, we'll ask, well, how did you like this? Would you like to read more of this? How did you take this in? Do you consider this good information? Would you like to see it again? Would you not want to see it in the future? So okay. we we know we can't get them to talk to us one on one. But if we do a really good job of asking them the right questions on how they could feel about how they would respond to something, then then we've got some some really good, good feedback. So it really comes down to just really taking the time to uh, look at some of the high points of the uh, that particular issue and then relating it back to them and asking them how they feel about certain issues uh, uh, with various responses. It can be multiple choice. It could be true or false. It could be, you know, pick four out of the five. So we'll do it in such a way where when we're measuring everything and we've, we've grouped all the different responses Based on those responses, we're able to take that information, analyze it, and then we'll know based on the if you use a pie chart or if you use bars, it doesn't matter. But we look at that content, we can tell 
this is what they're interested in. They want to see more of this. They want to read more of this. They're not so much interested in this particular thing. So, you know, and what that does is each month it helped it helped us to get it helped us to get better. I mean, we've been doing this since 2018 and mm-hmm. every month it gets better because they know that when uh, we put a survey out to them and we're asking them what they thought about that particular issue or what they would like to see in future issues. Mm-hmm. And, and the next month, we're able to do some of that. And if we're not able to do all of it in the next month, yeah. we other months going forward. So they know that, OK, the editor is really listening to what we're saying. Yeah, and that's basically how we do it. We communicate with them, uh, not not through the spoken word, but we use a survey, which can be an extremely powerful tool if you actively yeah. to get an understanding of what they want and you know what they're not interested in. No, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and, and that takes a team to be able to gather all that data and even just running a magazine on a day to day. And as you mentioned earlier, in the beginning, you were a novice as it relates to running a magazine of, of this magnitude. And so what were like some of the challenges or what, what should a person look for in a team? What is they want to start a magazine or they want to start any kind of business, right? What, what, what are some of the things they should be looking for in, in team members and just building out that team? Well, I think one of the very first things and would probably be the top uh, for me, they have to be dedicated. Mm-hmm. If they're not dedicated, if they're not willing to make uh, producing an issue every month, the, as part of their lives, don't do it because what we do is part of our lives. Now we know each month we have to put out a product. Not only do we have to put it out, we're under contract to do that because we're paid to do this. Right. We have to make sure that, uh, you know, we hit them hard each month with really good content. So if, if, uh, you know, they're not in this for the long haul, their hearts aren't in it. If uh, they can't devote the time to doing it, they can't do it. It's, it's not going to work. They're going to put out a, a mediocre product. And in the end, they'll just be wasting individuals time because uh, inmates know when you take time to uh, find some really good con- uh, con- uh, content, yep. as well as uh, stories where, you know what, I never thought of that. But now I understand I need to do this in the future. So the the stories that we pick are lessons. They also give hope, Aaron. If if, uh, you've got somebody that's starting a magazine and they're not interested in getting hope, but just putting something on the page and then trying to advertise this and trying to advertise that, this is not something they want to do because uh, they're just going to frustrate the tablet manufacturer and they would end up getting removed. Mm. So, you know, we, we, you know, I try to look at what I do as Barack Obama when he served those two terms. They tried their doingness, and I don't have to say who, but they tried their doingness, Aaron, yeah. to find some dirt on that guy, but they yeah. couldn't do it. So I try to follow his lead and try to make sure that I'm doing that so that one day when I call it a wrap and, and, and I hang up my my newspaper and, I, and I'm stepping away, I've made it better for someone else and really easy for them to come in and uh, just just do a good job and provide continue to provide good content 
right. um, to individuals on you know on the inside. So just trying to be like Barack. Yeah. Make it, smooth, make it smooth for the next person. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I love that. Um, if if you're able to, can you give me your top three team members that any business that you could think of should have coming out the gate? Well, you're gonna need someone. Of course, I didn't have the editorial experience that I have now, but you'll you'll definitely need a CFO. And it doesn't matter if you have a, a lot of money or a little money, but you need someone to really uh, keep an eye on expenses. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're dealing with a, a digital product, but, you know, you still have to make sure that uh, your Internet speed is uh, the best that you possibly can get. Mm-hmm. Because each issue gets really big and bulky. And if you don't have the right Internet service, it'll be very hard to complete it. And in a lot of cases, it'll just be you just you can't get things done because it'll lock up. Mm-hmm. So you need you, you need a, a good CFO, you need a good CTO, and the CTO, in my opinion, is the chief technology officer. That person is the person that uh, knows how to work everything. Uh, you know, very talented when it comes to social media and working with hardware and software, uh, similar to to Megan. You need someone like that. So you need a, a CFO. You'll need a CTO. And also, uh, you need someone that will uh, respectfully challenge you when they don't think uh, something should go into the magazine. Yes, I, I, I have the final say, but what I didn't want to have or individuals that would just say yes to anything that I want to put in there and oh yeah, this is great, Todd. Yeah, let's put that in there. No, I actually have a person and that's my COO, my chief operations officer. He does that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it can, it can get a little frustrating at times, but sometimes if, if, if he makes a good enough argument, I go, okay, you know what? You're right. Okay, you're right. We won't run that. So yeah. if you... Uh, don't hire people that can really uh, challenge what you're doing in a good way. Uh, if they won't, you know, say anything and just kind of let things go, they're not doing you a favor. Yeah. You know, and they're not doing themselves a favor because they're, they're really wasting uh, precious time when they can make a contribution that could, you know, really make a difference in whatever that article or content that goes into that issue because, We've got individuals that have done, I don't know how many th- different things, Aaron. I could, you, we probably could come up with a list probably all week for the different things they've done. Yeah. What we try to do is we know we can't reach all of them, but we'll have touch points in each issue where, you know, we kind of hit on certain areas. So like, like for next month, uh, the next month's issue is matter of fact, I'm sorry, I need to go to February. February is going to be our workforce issue. Okay. Yeah, we, we could have talked about black history and all that good stuff, and all that's nice. But, uh, you know, I thought it was better that, you know, we talk about ways that they can get jobs, how to get a job. Uh, I mean, we're really going to go deep into workforce content for that February issue. So because uh, we try to stay one issue ahead and our goal is to, to do two issues. 
yeah. ahead. We always don't accomplish that, but that's what we try to do. So uh, we we go as deep as we possibly can when we find some issues or content that we know they're really, really, really concerned about. And a good example of that would be expungement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Expungement in all 50 states, yep. different. Yeah. But if you could highlight some in one issue and then the next issue, do another 10. Mm-hmm. Next issue, do another 10 until you get all 50 done. They're very grateful for that. Yeah. And, and they'll you, look for that. And you know, another topic, if you haven't touched on it already, is child support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it's something that's different in every state. You know, uh, it's interesting that you said that, Aaron, because uh, some states actually have child support apps. And uh, I think New Jersey is one. And I can't think of the other state. There's a handful of states that have uh, uh, child support apps and they're actually in the magazine. Oh, wow. OK, cool. Yeah. So we you know, we want uh, child enforcement to know, hey, you know, we want to help them find an easy way to get the money uh, to, to the mom so if they can. Go through the app like you would, like like a cash app or something like that, and send that money to child support. You're good. So you know, technology just gets it's just getting better and better and better. So you know, with the invention of those apps, it's kind of hard to say that you know I couldn't get there before it closed because you yeah. can do it right from an app and an app. Right. Absolutely, and also one thing that I, I ran into, not personally, but a lot of men that were incarcerated with me, they license were suspended because of child support mm-hmm. and, um, you know and this is just my opinion like unfairly while they're incarcerated that money keeps recruiting right right but in some states they realize that you're incarcerated so they stop those payments mm-hmm. but in mm-hmm. whole, some states they kind of keep keep it rolling and so when you get out that kind of it, it kind of hinders a person from whether getting a driver's license or things of that nature uh, because they got this child support situation. Right. I don't know this in front of me, Aaron, but some states are starting to take a second look at that. Uh, and uh, they're they're doing away with that because they finally realize, okay, if we're not giving these individuals uh, a driver's license, you know, everywhere doesn't, everywhere, when, when you work somewhere, it's not always on a bus route. Yeah. It's not always off, uh, you know, getting off the subway or the metro train and walking a few blocks you there. So some of these states, they, they thought about it and go, you know what? We're really hindering them. and We're setting them up for failure if they can't get their driver's license. So, again, I don't know offhand, how, how, you know, what all those states are, but I am familiar with some of the states. And we've also, uh, you know, made uh, facilities aware of that as well. So. It just it just feeds right into what you're talking about, Aaron, and that's information. We know yeah. that we could do a good job of empowering them each and every month with all the uh, best practices as it relates to reentry. You know, they're going to hit the ground running when they get out. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. And I think that's that's very important to be able to have it where there's as least amount of barriers as possible. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, so how many episodes, not episodes, thinking of the podcast, but how many issues have you all released since you've been um, actually producing the Return of Citizen Mag? Well, this past year, this October was two years. So okay. it's going into January. So we're looking at what? 
two years and three months, roughly, so far. Okay, cool, cool. And, and so can you talk about, because I know a lot of magazines, their business model is advertisement, right? Like how, mm-hmm. how does that work with, with your organization? If someone's, list, someone's listening, a business, or how, how do they advertise in your magazine? Or even how does that work from a business standpoint as well? Right. I, I know you yeah, um, and I still kind of struggle with this. I okay. the sun was in my eye a little bit. Um, what we do is we try to always emphasize that if we have partners that are interested in advertising with us, the advertisements uh, have to be re-entry focused. I, you know, I tell you right now, from October 28 to now, if I let anybody put in and everything in those magazines, I'd be, I'd be rich and I'm not kidding, but I didn't want to take a chance of just putting in any and everything. And, you know, something that's not related to, to reentry. And again, that's, that's me going back again to being a good steward with the magazine and with the level of access that we have. So we try to make sure that they're re-entry focused because, you know, you're always going to have individuals that are going to write books about their time, uh, you know, when they were incarcerated. Uh, you're, you're always going to have, let's see, we'll have books. We'll have individuals that uh, would like to contribute articles. There is a, uh, uh, there's a process with that. Uh, there are several areas, but we'll, what we do is, and I have the final say, because if something were to happen, they're going to come back to me. They're not going to come back to anybody else on my staff. I look at the advertisement and I make sure that, okay, can this person or the justice involved really benefit from what this is? Is it going to make them better? Is it going to make them whole? What will they walk away with? So I'm asking myself a series of questions. And I, I go through it pretty fast in my brain. When you set something down in front of me, the first thing I'm looking for is reentry. The word might not be in there, but if it's not something that's going to really impact them in a positive way and it's not reentry focused, then I have to turn them down. And yeah. I'll have individuals that say, well, I'll pay more. I'm like, well, it's not really a matter of you paying more. Uh, you know, if I don't submit uh, the right type of content along with advertisements, they'll shut us down. So, yeah, you'll pay more. But, you know, the speaker's been closed now. I can't I can't work. You know, I can't continue to, to put out that information. So, yeah, I, I am the, uh, the watchdog when it comes to uh, to advertisements. Yeah, no, definitely. And you mentioned it earlier, the level of access, everybody doesn't have the opportunity to um, partner with correctional facilities to be right. able to find something as valuable as the return of citizens mag to the, uh, to the MA population. So you have to, like you say, be a good steward over that and just kind of protect that relationship and also continue to provide, um, you got a brand, you know what I mean? Buy mm-hmm. some more and upstanding. And so um, and it definitely sounds like you're doing that. And just talking to you over the past few months, as I mentioned earlier, as, as being a mentor of mine, I know that, uh, you are a man of integrity, and like I could imagine you doing anything that would be against, you know, what I'm saying those morals that you uphold. So, uh, so with that, is there anything that uh, Returning Citizens Mag is doing, like in the future, that we should look out for? 
that you want to let the audience know about? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's time that I can share it. So with all the different resources we, we mentioned in our magazine, you know, we explain, uh, you know, where to go to get them, uh, if it's website, if it's, uh, you know, if you have to mail something to someone, any method to, to get information to them, we talk about that. But, uh, you know, I realized that that just wasn't enough. So they get a magazine once a month. But how about standing up a learning management system where they can refer to that time and time again? And, and LMS is really a living uh, uh, database, if you will, because there's always new information being added to the LMS. And, you know, when they get out, they'll have access to the LMS. You know, it's free to sign up. Um, their families will have access to the LMS because having the families uh, being able to access uh, the system, they can help them ahead of time because they know, okay, I found, uh, you know, there's, there's 20 different staffing agencies uh, listed in, in the uh, database that actually hire, uh, you know, the formerly incarcerated, they hire them. So some of them, you don't even have to look for, just go to jobs and, right. you know, you'll see, okay, this particular uh, organization uh, hires uh, the formerly incarcerated. So, you know, when they're talking back and forth, uh, you know, on the phone or, or letters or what have you, you know, they can say, uh, you know what, I, I found these organizations that can help. So I'm going to reach out to them. I know you get out in a couple of months, but I have all of this lined up. So as soon as you get out, you know, we'll go ahead and, and uh, uh, get over to, to, to speak to some of those resources. So, you know, when you have an LMS, LMS is all about learning. Uh, it's not always learning where you're taking a class and uh, you, you're given a grade and then you're given a, uh, a certificate. But it can be about other things. But the most important thing uh, that I knew I had to do was make it video focused. Gotcha. So is it like education, educational content? Yeah, educational content as well. And uh, we'll also be reaching out to... Uh, our partners that would like to uh, submit their reentry focus uh, content as well that that will be uploaded as a course, and they will take those courses and get certificates based on whatever the uh, whatever the partner is is uh, trying to accomplish and help help that individual with. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, wow, that sounds like a vast a vast amount of like a library of content, which I think would be great. Um, I, I definitely wish I would have had something like that to, to supplement the things that I was doing while I was incarcerated. Um, can you I've let heard people say that? I've heard of people, you know, doing standing up in LMS, Aaron, is actually harder than standing up a magazine. Yeah, but you know what? I, 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 I truly believe that God has put that on your heart because he already knows, like, he gave you the confidence with the magazine, right? You started off anything about that but now you're embarking on a new territory but now you have this experience with the magazine and so I, I, I'm all I'm, I'm for sure that it'll be a it'll be a hit just as much as the Return of Citizen magazine. It will it will and it's nice that the two will be able to complement one another uh, of course the magazine has to stand on its own and the LMS stands on its own yeah. but as far as uh, from a marketing standpoint 
you know, since I just happened to own a magazine, then I, obviously I'm going to put uh, full page ads in the magazine about the LMS. So the amount of time that it will take to get the word out will won't take uh, you know very much time at all because we have control of those resources. Yeah, no, they're excellent, man. Excellent. I, I love what you're doing, man. So how can the audience reach out to um, get this magazine on the outside, if that's possible, with physical copies of the magazine? Uh, we, yeah, we have physical copies, but we try to uh, have it where they're ordered in bulk. But yeah. since you mentioned that, Aaron, uh, they can go to our website and they can order uh, a print magazine that can be sent. Uh, by our organization to to whatever facility they're in. Now, I think it's worth noting that sometimes people were ordering the print magazine for themselves and they were trying to mail it in to a facility. But if it doesn't come with all of our market markings, the, the envelope, everything matching, they'll refuse it. So uh, just let it be known, you know, they can order the print magazine through us and we'll make sure that it gets uh, to their loved one. And of okay. course, they can order it digitally. And our, our website uh, is uh, returning citizens with an S, returning citizens mag.com. Gotcha. Okay, well, perfect, perfect, man. Are you on Facebook, Instagram, anything like that where the audience can reach out to you if they need to? We, you know, we will be soon. Uh, yeah. Brother, be tired. Yeah. <laughs> but I know we, we got to do that. Instagram is going to be first. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that'll probably be best. Um, it, it's a full time job within itself with the social media stuff, but it's it's needed, especially for a digital product such as yours. Right, right. Yeah, we we have to do it, and you know uh, when we roll it out, we want to make sure we roll it out right, just like we yeah. did with the magazine. So we know that we need to do it, but we don't want to rush and put something out there that doesn't represent our brand. Yeah, no, absolutely, man, totally. Well, Todd, man, thank you, thank you, man, for coming on. Um, I appreciate you uh, getting on here and just kind of letting us know about your journey and, and why you started the magazine, everything that you're doing within this uh, particular community. Um, so as we like to say over here at Escaping the Oz, opportunities over penitentiaries, and we are continuing to unlock freedom. Uh, continue to watch us, subscribe to the YouTube channel, escapingtheoz.com uh, website. is up, running, new. Uh, we got resources on there. We got merchandise. Um, we pretty much just, just check us out. It's a revamp website. And, yeah, so just continue to like, subscribe, and, and follow us as well. Instagram, Escaping the Odds podcast. Um, Facebook, Escaping the Odds page. Uh, continue to support uh, Mr. Todd DuBose at returningcitizensmag.com. And that's us. That's it for us. Thank you all, and see you guys next week. Thanks for having me, Take yep. care. Thank you.